Blessed one, welcome to Inspiring Word, a life-transforming encounter with the Word of God with Bishop Steve Asari. Bishop Steve Asari is the resident pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, the Way Cathedral. Lighthouse Chapel International is part of the United Denomination, originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Bishop Steve has a unique teaching gift and ministers powerfully under the anointing. Join us now on Inspiring Word with Bishop Steve O. Asari. Lift up your two hands to Jesus this morning and pray for yourself that God will visit you in this service. He's already here through all the prayer time and the worship time and every ministration is meant to lift up your soul to another level. But God is already here with us. Thank you, O God, for many miracles. Many miracles. Many miracles. Many miracles, Lord. Many miracles. Many miracles. Already released. We receive them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. We've been on seven great principles of salvation. If you have been coming, we are learning about what it means to be saved and what happens to you after you are born again. Things that happen and things that you have to do and so on. Right. Are you still around? So principle number one is what? Man is a spirit. You remember? If you remember, say it with me. What is principle number one? Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You live inside a body. So the main thing we are saying there is that what you are essentially is a spirit. And you have to pay a lot of attention to your spirit man. And I explained to you that your spirit is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of God that comes in to give life to your spirit. When God breathed into man the breath of life, God gave spirit to man. And that is what is called your spirit. That is the spirit that gives you life. And that is the spirit that leaves you. Then we say, you are dead. Are you here? So to pay a lot of attention to your spirit, feed your spirit, and make your spirit great. Is that not so? Hallelujah. Say amen. Amen. Number two is what? 
What is number two? What is number two? The spirit of the unsaved man is what? Dead. And is desperately wicked. So Jeremiah 17, 9 says that the heart, the unsaved spirit is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that is what we experience all the time if you get into kind of um, agreements and relationships with unbelievers, you have to expect anything because that spirit is dead. It doesn't have life. And the Bible says that it's desperately wicked, very wicked. It's wicked without uh, uh, mercy. And expect a person with an unregenerate spirit or heart to do anything to you, whatever you call wicked, at whatever level, without, you know, thinking much about it. Because when they do the wicked thing, that is the real nature of the spirit that is not born again can do anything. So again, those who think that to marry an unbeliever is not anything serious, you have to think about it again. Because we live with unbelievers, we would experience the wickedness of the unbeliever anyway. But when you invite one to your room and share your room with one, like that, then I think you have the full manifestation of the heart of an unbeliever. Because, I mean, when you go out, you meet them, at least when you come home, you must have another spirit that you are coming to meet. But when you meet them outside and you come home and they are the same people over there, it's not going to be easy for you. So, sister girl, think about it again. Advise the sister girl by you to think about it again. Don't try to bring him to church and tell him that, you see, they would say something when they say, lift up your hand. When they say, lift up your hand, then you lift up your hand and go forward. Then uh, the pastor will see that you are born again and our marriage can happen. It's up to you. When you are going through your things, don't call me. Who need me a different? I wouldn't even know I need the whole kind now the Koya. Don't call me. Principle number three says what? Yes, number three. Uh-huh. Say it again. The spirit of the saved man is righteous and is truly holy. So that is against the number two. So 
So the spirit of the unsaved man is um, desperately wicked. But the spirit of the saved man is righteous and is truly holy. And the saved man can also make mistakes. The saved man can commit some bad things. But you are 105% safer with the errors and the maybe wickedness of the unsaved man than you are with the righteousness, with the saved man, than you are with the righteousness of the unsaved man. Did you get that one? Just a saved person, ni wickedness, abani boni abapano, or you're still better than the niceness of the unsaved man. I know you don't agree with me, but it is true. You know, there was somebody who was going to marry, was trying to marry, and then um, the person who was going to marry was not born again. And she said, look, this person, I've known him for all these many years. And the way he has treated me is nicer than all the born-again brothers that I have met. Yes. Like tried to date beloved those born-again brothers. They are like this, like that, like that. But this one who is not born again is better. I don't agree. Unless what you call born again was not born again. Because the spirit of the saved man is righteous and it is truly holy. Ephesians 4.24, that ye put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. Now, if you say you are born again, but your life is not, it doesn't exhibit the righteousness and true holiness, that the Bible says that you are, then please watch it again. Maybe you need to be born again, again. Or other things, other points that follow are not working in your life. Said that you are not in the position where you are also making use of the scriptures and the directions that God gives you to put your life on the right course. So, this is what it must be that it is created, the spirit of the, um, the new man, which is your spirit, is created or recreated in righteousness and true holiness. If you say you are born again, that's how you are. Are you hearing me? If you say that you are born again, this is what you are. You are created in righteousness and true holiness. And you have to fight against all kinds of distractions to be able to maintain this kind of life that can be described as righteous and truly holy. You have to fight for it. Right? Now... 
when we talked about this, I also emphasized on your knowledge about who you are. So it is true, certain things will come your way. You would have tendencies towards bad things. Thoughts will come to your mind. I mean, whatever it is. But whilst you are engaged in a bad deed or you are still contemplating that bad thing, remember that the person who is contemplating these things or about to enter into this trouble is actually created in righteousness and true holiness. Then you ask yourself, is it the righteous soul, the righteous spirit, and the truly holy spirit that is thinking about it or that is doing this kind of thing? Ask yourself that question. Are you still here? You don't like these things. No problem. So, the Bible says that, for he has made him to be seen for us who knew no sin, that we might be the righteousness of God in him. Second Corinthians 5.21. He has made Jesus to be seen. He carried our sins and he carried our infirmities. So we would live as righteous people. And the righteousness is given to you by the finished work of Jesus on the cross. We talked about number four, didn't we? What is number four? After you are born again. No, no, no. We didn't, eh? After you are born again, number four, your spirit is a newborn baby and... It must grow. After you are born again, your spirit is a newborn baby and that baby must grow. Every baby grows. Is that not so? Yes. So when you are born again, the next thing that must happen to you is that you are growing in the spirit. You are growing in the spirit. I was talking to somebody who had a baby and then two weeks after they went to the hospital for review. Is that not so? What do they do? Smile and tell me what you do in the hospital. Midwife. Smile. Don't bring your face to church. Then when they check the weight of the baby it had dropped, yes, by um, 0.3, yes, of a kilo. Yeah. And she said, the doctor, the, the people were very angry, yes, with her. And I said, Yes. It is true. Because when you are born, you have to be growing. You can't be born and you are growing down. Yes. One time, my small boy, he wanted to do something. I said, no, you can't do this. This one is for grown-ups. And then he asked me, but me, am I a grown-down? <laughs> when he was a small boy. Yes. But 
you can't, you, you can't be a grown down. You are growing down. Yeah. And I was also not there because even they said, well, there was no breast milk and things. Well, I don't have to say certain things here. You have to feed the baby by all means. If there's no breast milk, the baby must go hungry. I don't agree. Anything that you can eat, it must eat by all means. So find some, find a way. Yes. So your spirit. So many of us, we are like that. If we, we if we could weigh the spirit, the weigh your newborn uh, spirit, the baby. At this time, then two weeks after, or some time after, you have gone down. Some of us are here. We have gone down. Our weight spiritually is gone down because some time ago, you were praying better than you are praying now. Some time ago, you were reading the Bible better than you are doing now. Some time ago, you love God better than you are doing now. You are just like a baby. After two weeks, your weight is down. And growth is by weight for babies. So where is your spiritual weight? Eh? Hmm. You are not growing. It said in First Peter 2.2, 2, As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that ye may grow thereby. The sincere milk of what? The word. So how do you grow? A baby grows by taking milk, breast milk, and I think milk. Well, they say exclusive. It's nice. I support it. But when the milk is not flowing, how will it still be exclusive for something that is not there? That's my question. Yeah. But a baby needs milk. A Christian needs milk, which is the word of God. So he said, desire the sincere milk of the word that you will grow. Which shows us that the way to grow as a Christian is that you must have the word of God in you. It doesn't even matter how many times you go to church. If the word of God doesn't get to you and enter into you and change you and affect you, you are not growing. And you can even measure yourself whether you are growing or you are not growing by how much word you know. I bring the microphone to you now and ask you for a few verses in the Bible which you didn't know last year or you didn't know during the pandemic and now you know. Should I come? Should I come? Eh? Okay. At the end, A. They are going under the chair. Yes. 
Look, you can pray for 10 hours a day, but the Bible says that desire the sincere milk of the word because that is how you grow. And your prayer is great. I respect your 10-hour prayer. But you are praying without word. You are not growing. If you don't have scriptures, you are not growing. You don't read your Bible, you are not growing. As we come to church, we preach, we give you verses. This one, this one. Which one of them, after church, do you go and open your Bible and look at again? Like the scripture we are on now, First Peter 2.2. 2. Is it not a verse that you want to know? Even when I come to you, that should be the first verse you quote to me. Is it not simple enough? Are you in church? Or because I didn't make you quote the verse, you are angry. You grow by the word. So, the problem we have now is that we have a lot of Christians who say they are born again. And if somebody says he's born again, how do you say no? I can't challenge your claim that you are born again. Even if your life, that means you do a lot of bad things, you are into sin and things, you can still claim that you are born again. And then we say that, well, this one, it is the flesh that is uh, overpowering you. But you, your spirit there is born again, but the flesh is doing bad things. We can give all those things. So when you say you are born again, nobody can dispute it or challenge you or whatever. But then what we have is that we have a lot of babies. A lot of babies in the church who are not growing, who are not coming up. They are still there. As they were born, that's how they have been. Imagine a baby that is born and after six months, you are still that uh, maybe three kilo type of something and you are still lying down like that. Six months, nine months. Is it a good thing? Will you not be worried? But that is how we are in the spirit. Many are like that. After months and years of being born again, we are still like newborn babies. Not growing. Not doing anything. Every Christian must grow from babyhood to childhood into adulthood. It's a cycle that you have to go through. And just like every human being goes through that cycle, a Christian must also go through that cycle. I visited 
a baby yesterday. And I saw three, all these three people in the house where I went. Because the baby was a baby. And there were three children. How do you call it? Toddlers. And then there were adults. So one, two, this one came, so three. If I'm an adult, then four. Now, the baby was in one posture. The mother carried the baby, came around, and I took the baby, carried the baby for some time. Then at a time, trying to cry, so I gave the baby back to the mother. She did something, something, and then grandmother came for the baby. So that's a baby. Everybody is carrying this baby and working on this baby. She, he never got up at one time to say that, I'm, 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 I mean, when he was even trying to cry, so, but he has eaten, he has been fed. So then why is he trying to, maybe he's feeling sleepy or something. He never said that, look, I'm feeling sleepy, so leave me. I want to go into the room and sleep. But just, and you have to find out what is wrong with this person. Yeah. Because you can't know. Always been at every time, somebody must be attending to you. You don't attend to anybody. Either this one is carrying you or this one is carrying you or that one is carrying you. That's what I saw. Now. So there are people in church... Every time somebody must be taking care of you, they have to come and call you. They have to come and visit you. They have to find out how you are. They have to come and wake you up. Anything. Like, you can't do anything for yourself. People must care for you at every time. And if they don't come and care for you, you start crying. And you say, I've left the church because nobody visited me. Even when I was sick, nobody came. And this, that, 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 and so on. And you are like a baby. You are a baby. You are not that you are like. Like newborn babes, you are a baby. This baby never contributed to anything that was being done. If not even the contribution, that one has to do with the, the children. But like what's I was looking at it, so mother has to stop everything that has to be done or that could be done and be carrying this thing for how long? Month after month after month. All the work you are doing is carrying this. Yeah? As I was looking at it. Yeah. So how long must we carry you? You are in the church, in the choir. When they do something, now you are offended. How long? Wake up and rise up. And not be a grown-up who is a baby in the spirit. Toss. Yeah. I mean... Babies, they do anything they want to do. 
I was holding the baby like this as we to, I was living and I was praying. And I mean, even in the prayer, sounds. Yeah, the baby had sound. I could hear and feel it with my, on my hand like this. That was carrying the thing. Even while we are praying, the way which you are doing that. So you can't even uh, uh, determine and know that the atmosphere you are in, the place you are in, you have to behave like this and do this and do that. Every time, anything you feel like doing, that's what you want to do. You are a baby. Can you see a baby around you? Then the next group, three children were there. So they were also moving around. Doing this, one was asleep and got up whilst I was there. And then they will be out. Hey, don't, don't go out. Make sure you stay inside. Hey, where is this? Where is that one? What are you doing? Then one ran in and said that one of the children, they had called the, the ice cream with that the pump, popping, popping, has called the ice cream and the ice cream has come into the house. <laughs> so then one of the adults had to get up and go and find money to organize ice cream for them. What are Christians today? They want ice cream. What can I get in the church? Even as we are coming to the church this morning, what I'm preaching right now, you see that you are all quiet. If I said that you are becoming a millionaire, you are going to America and God is blessing, you say, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> is that not so? Is that what ice cream are we getting as we have come to the church today? I, one of them, I said, look, this ice cream, yogurt, is mine. They said, no, 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 it's not yours. Okay, then give it to me. He said, no, I will never give to you. Don't give me. It's just like you when you have to pay your tithe. The thing that you have is actually for God. And God said, a part of it is mine. Give it to me. He said, me. Never. I will not give it to you. I will not give it to you. The, the, the small boy, he was very resolute. Say, said, I, it's not yours. I will not give you. I'm telling you something that happened to me yesterday. <laughs> Are you still here? I will not. So all that children do is distraction. They don't help in the work. Yeah. Because when I entered, this one was in the kitchen trying to make food for the children. And this one was taking care of baby. And then when this other one came, also came to help with the baby. And asked for the children in, out. No evangelism. Yeah, in the church, it's evangelism centers. It's not part of your thinking. They say that they have been talking about something called evangelism. I don't even know what they actually go to do over there. 
you are a child in the church because it is only children who don't get involved who are not engaged in the work of the house. They don't do anything. They are there. They want ice cream. They want yogurt. They want uh, what was being made for them, uh, uh, indomine. They want they, that, that somebody must be working and you must be there causing confusion and creating uh, work for people. You come to church, your bottle of water, you leave it there in the church and go away. Somebody as a, a child, then an adult will come and clean it up for you. Ephesians 4. <laughs> Ephesians 4.14. Up there. That we henceforth be no more children. That means come out of being a child. Yes. We should no longer be children. What happens to children? Tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive. The other characteristic of children is that they are easily carried around by in a doctrine, somebody teaches something, or somebody comes with an idea. Why is it that some people will come up and be insulting their, their father, their pastor, who brought them up and appointed them pastors and ordained them to be reverent and consecrated them to be bishops? When they come insulting this father and saying bad things about everything, then you say you are confused. Are you not a child? Are you not in this scripture? I mean, there are certain things that when you look at it, like if somebody has a problem with their father, I'm talking about even biological father, then the posture you have is that the child is wrong. You start from there. Even if when you go into the matter, it's like, oh, he's right and everything. What do you say? In the end, you tell the child, go and apologize to your father. Even though, I mean, you seem to be right. The matter is You don't expect your father to come and apologize to you for any reason. If there's a problem between you and your father, it's your fault. It's not your father's fault. Yeah. Is it so when some people rise up and they are behaving in a very confused way and demonic way, talking and insulting and going to court and saying all kinds of then you too you are in the church and you say see the thing they are talking about i'm confused now i don't even know whether the church is real or it's not real they said that uh, the presiding bishop is like this and like that and i'm confused oh you are a child yes 
Uh, if I say you are a children, you say I don't hear English, so I don't want to say that one. Yeah, a child. That's why your mind is confused like that. Otherwise, for you, you are resolute. You are there, and you know that this is the way. Anybody who falls out of this way is wrong to begin with, and I don't have to even think about it before I judge it. Yeah. You go and you see a, a son fighting blows with the father. Then you separate them and say that, what is the matter? Tell me so that I'll judge the matter and see who is right and who is wrong. What, what, what judgment is in this one? You are, you are giving your, your, your father a, a jab. You are jabbing and you have this one ready for an uppercut. And your father is trying to dodge. And is also responding to the distance. And then when I separate you, I ask you, what is the matter? Yes. For even engaging in that with your father. Before, one day later, I will ask you, so what happened that day? No, one day later on, I will ask you that. Yes. They say you are confused. If you are confused about this thing, you are a child. That we henceforth be no longer children. What happens to children? Tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Somebody comes with some teachings. No, you are off your feet. Somebody gives you a prophecy. No, hey, something has happened to you. Yeah. By the slight of men, that's your Bible says what? Trick us with lies. When children, when you trick them, no, won't you get them? It's very easy. <laughs> so if you are easily confused and you are easily off your feet, it's because you are a child. If you are somebody who is into the scriptures, you know, Paul said that I know whom I have believed. If you know whom you have believed, no matter what they say, no matter what doctrine, what new teachings come around, you, you, you will still be standing on your feet. Now listen to me. False teachings are very strong. Yeah. Those who come teaching false things, they teach it in a very strong way. I'm telling you. And if you are that child, <laughs> you'll be confused. You mean some people who are teaching on like Saturday worship, for example. You'll be confused because you don't know what it is. You don't even know that uh, Paul has said that uh, no day matters. You can have your worship on any day. You can eat what once you are doing it in faith, it's okay. But they come at it with such strength. Oh, yeah. Such strength that you'll be confused because you are a child. But grow up. Knock your neighbor and say, grow up. Did you knock? Knock head. Hey, you don't respect. Grow up. Grow up and so I'm confused. I'm not sure what it is. I need some more explanation about this. And uh, I mean, uh, uh, somebody should say something so that you know. Say what? There's nothing to say. It's up to you. 
what you want to follow, follow it. Right. Mm-hmm. Very good. Then you mature into an adult. May you mature into an adult. The main characteristic of an adult is that other people depend on him. So ask your neighbor, who depends on you? No, no. First of all, adults have children. Ask your neighbor, do you have any child in the church? Person in the church, you can call that. This is my convert. This is my child. I'm the one who took care of this, or I'm taking care of this or that. That's an adult. And people depend on you. Nobody depends on a child. Elsewhere, where their society is more whatever, if you leave children in the house without an adult, people will come and carry them away. Yes. Because they can't take care of themselves. Is it 16 years? What the minimum age? Reverend Henry. 16. Yeah, you have to be about 16 or something. Then, now, what dream of being a crack? Do you see? You have to mature. And you have to be in the position where you can take care of yourself and others. Matthew 13, 32 says that um, he's talking about um, the master seed, which indeed is the least of all seeds. But when it is grown, when you are grown, it is the greatest among herbs and becometh a tree so that the birds of the air come and Find rest. Okay? Come and lodge in the branches thereof. Come and lodge in the branches thereof. So, when you are born, again, you are like a little seed. But you grow. And you must become a great tree. The master seed becomes a great tree. Big tree, so that the birds of the air now they have a place to stay. So every newborn baby grows up into a giant Christian, and other people come to you and they find rest around you, they find direction around you, they find teachings around you, they find counsel around you. They find encouragement around you. Like those who are there and always need somebody to encourage them. An adult is the one who stands to encourage other people. Even when you are encouraging them, you have about the same issue or your problems are bigger than their problems. You don't tell the child that, look, you, you don't know what problems I have, eh? And you, this small exam that you have failed, because of that you are crying. Go away. If you know my problems, you will not even come and cry to me. Do you talk like that? No. 
You take the thing up and you know that this thing is not a big thing. Your issues are bigger. Anybody who is doing the work of God, going on evangelism, is a percentile leader is this. It doesn't mean that he doesn't have any problem. That's why he's doing it. But it is because he has matured and come to the point where he can look on, he can, he can not even put your problems aside, but look onto Jesus. And have encouragement and strength from Jesus. So that in spite of your own issues, you'll be able to help other people. That's what it means. That's what it is. It's that there's nobody who is doing things for people or doing the work of God. Because you don't have any problem. That's why you are able to go to church every Sunday. No, you are a baby. That's why you can't go to church every Sunday. Because when you engage in solving other people's problems, you see, your problems, they lose their weight and their power. They don't have power over you anymore. So you walk around like a problem-free person. I don't have any problem. I'm okay. You have a problem. I'm coming to help you. So your problems or the issues of your life, they will always be so huge and and so weighty and will always press you down until you come to the point where you say that in spite of my issues and whatever I have, I'm rising up and I'm also going to help people and teach people and encourage people and do things for people, pray for others. If you don't get to that point, you'll always be worshipping your problems. Everybody has some. Who doesn't have? Are you still here? Oh, I was finishing this thing today. But my time is up. But I pray for you that from today... You will not be a baby Christian. Do you know any baby Christian around? Do you know any baby Christian around? How many know some baby Christian? Baby. Always creating work, not involved in the work, not doing anything. Crying. Always my problem, my days, my dad. Those who are always my days and my days and my job and my house and my dad. Babies. It's always about them. This baby I met yesterday, look, not one second was the baby left alone. Like somebody must be attending to me every second. And I sat there for at least an hour. Children, to and fro, your mind is confused about the doctrines, about the teachings. Somebody insults your father. Then you say, I'm confused because of what they are saying. They are insulting your father and you are confused because of the insult because maybe your father is a bad father. The way they are insulting him, it looks like he's not good or dead. Look, you are a little child without a mature mind. Have I insulted you? If somebody is insulting your food, you don't even have to, what my, has my father done? You just get up and whichever way you can fight, you just fight back. 
Even if your father is wrong. Yes, that's how it is. And he could be wrong, but that is not the issue. He said the issue is whether he's right or he's wrong, but the issue is that nobody can stand up and fight their father. Once you do that, I said, when I come and you are given the jobs, I have my cane or even iron rod, maybe she would team pain. A pain we are not mouth, so I call hospital. When you become conscious, then I will ask you, so, so what happened that I will even ask what happened to see whether you were right in doing what you are there. What happened that you were misbehaving like that? May God strengthen us to become real Christians. After you are born again, what happens? Your what? Your spirit is what? It's a newborn baby. And it must grow. So let's see growth. And then the main scripture that you have over there is like as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word. Won't kind Bible, won't study Bible, won't memorize the scriptures, won't hear messages. There's no word in you. It shows that you are a baby. You are not growing. And when you have the word in you and you are growing, the characteristic that we'll find is that you are involved in the work of the house. Yes. You'll be doing something. You'll be cleaning here. You'll be cooking here. You'll be washing dishes. You'll be doing that. If you are lying down for everything to be done for you, and you are not part of it, you are, you are gone. That's why we put here uh, a friend saying, evangelism, um, good Samaritan evangelism, centers. And we show that there's a place around where you live that you could also get involved, come out of your house, get involved in soul winning, get involved in working for God, become a basenta leader, look after some three people, some five people, some, some ten people. When you come to church, there are people who are following you and you are bringing them to church. They depend on you. Then we can see that you are not a baby. But if you don't have these things, I beg you to describe you, forgive me, to describe you as a baby in pampas. As the baby was making the sound, then I said, hey, is any bad thing going to happen to me? Then I remember that pampas day, so there should be no problem. Prayer time. Yes. When it's prayer, you won't come. You are somewhere making pro pro at the place. Stand up. Father, thank you. Lift your hands and thank God for this morning. And add that the spirit of maturity, a mature Christian, will come upon you. May you rise up from babyhood and rise up into the place where you are a mature person. Go out from childhood. You are yes, not Lord. a child. You can't be confused hey. about anything. Yes. 
You can't be confused about everything. Somebody has said this. Somebody said your pastor is like this. Somebody said uh, your church is not a good church. Is this, this, that. Somebody said your church is a cult. Somebody said your church is this. I mean, I don't know, but like, you are praying that may God establish my mind establish and my, my mind, heart oh, in maturity. Thank you, Thank you Lord. for great grace, great grace and great mercy, and great mercy in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen. Now close your eyes. You are here this morning. You are not born again. You want to give your life to Jesus. You want Jesus to come into your heart. You haven't even started the journey of Christianity and the journey of the kingdom as a baby. But you want to get on this journey. Start out on this journey and do well in this journey. I want to pray a special prayer for you that your name will be written in the book of life. That you start this journey and mature into an adult in it. You are here. You want to give your life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand like this. Your right hand up high like that. I need Jesus. Pastor, pray for me. I need Jesus in my heart. Lift up your right hand. Your right hand. God bless you. Lift it up. Jesus is calling somebody. Today is the day you'll be recognized in heaven. After today, you'll be recognized in heaven. If you are here, lift up that right hand. God bless you. If your hand is lifted up, come to me in front here. Come to the front here. Let me pray with you. Don't talk to anybody. Just walk here and come to Jesus. You are coming to Jesus this morning. Come. 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 Jesus is calling you. Come. Come to him. You are giving your life to him. He will save you. He will help you. He will change you. Your life will be a meaningful life from today. Say this prayer with me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I receive Jesus today as my Lord, as my Savior. Forgive me my sins. Wash me in the blood. Make me a new person. From today, I will follow Jesus. I will serve Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving me today. Amen. God bless you for listening. We invite you to join us this Sunday. Our Doxa service is at 7.45 a.m. and Victory service at 10 a.m. Our Victory prayer service is on Saturdays at 6 a.m. Like and subscribe to Bishop Steve Asari-DHMM on Facebook and YouTube and Lighthouse Chapel International-HQ. May God bless you and protect you. Angels cry, singing home.